I watched a girl pee in the ball pit. Oh, that's not good. Oh, yeah. She was like staring me down. She's like, I'm doing this. And then I tried to get the attention of someone working there. And then they came in about 15 minutes later after I saw plenty of people rolling in the exact same area. And then they took like a mop and sort of, you know, casually mopped down the balls as though that was going <laughs> to fix anything. I just want to concentrate more on the gym period. It's uh, like an analogy for the region. It's all going so very well. And then someone pisses all over the balls. Absolutely. This is the Mideast Beast Podcast. I am your host, Molly Livingstone, here in Israel. And on the other side of the pond, we have Alex Giles hosting, remaining calm while he's having technical difficulties again. Yes, thank you very much. I only swore half a dozen times this morning, but it's okay. It's <laughs> going to be okay. There's uh, still a long day ahead of you of swearing. Don't there's worry. There's a very long day of swearing ahead of me, but let's not worry about that. My problems are small compared to the problems of the Middle East. It's true. Nice segue. It's such a beautiful segue. Before we get into the Middle East, I remember you were going to uh, Germany. I was. I did. A friend of the Jews. And I have returned. They didn't talk about you much, to be honest. I think they've kind of forgotten about it. How dare they? Yeah. You know, I think it's really amusing because my father is, he wasn't a Holocaust survivor. He acts like one, but he's not. He did live through the end of World War II in England, and he's very bitter about the whole situation, if you will. I was never allowed to own a German car. I would have been kicked out of the house. (laughs) And yet, you come to Israel, and everywhere you look, you see Mercedes, the buses, the cabs, and that's part of the retribution process, you know, Germany Mm -hmm. paying off their guilt. Mm Mm-hmm. But that feeling is actually very different as opposed to, I think, American Jewry where I grew up or British American Jewry to Israel. And yes, in Germany, it's kind of like, you know, get over it. I mean, I don't think they're saying that, but I think they do feel it. I think the next generation is kind of wild and pluralistic (laughs) and adventurous and less Nazi and more like not me. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think you were there. I think it's always best to be less Nazi in general. I think that's a pretty (laughs) solid uh, way to start your day. I think uh, if that's how you're drinking your morning coffee and thinking today I'm going to be a bit less Nazi, I think that's a start. Have my coffee black and not judge it. Mm -hmm. I like Germany. I'm going to say it. I like the Germans. (laughs) It's okay to say it. It's okay to say it. Um, yeah. there, there are fine people, and yeah, well, as long as you, you know, keep them within their borders, there are fine, fine people. Good beer, and I had some smoked eels, which weren't as disgusting Ew. as you'd think they'd be. So, you know, result all round. Ugh, no. I think if you eat something and you don't know what it is, it's one thing. But when you know what you're about to eat, it just changes the whole definition for me. Ah, uh, yes, but the minute someone says this is our traditional dish then you're kind of forced to eat it at that point. I mean, they can pretty much say anything's a traditional dish and you have to kind of scoff like a, a sheep's eyeball down or something. I mean, you wouldn't under any normal circumstances do that because it's yeah. disgusting. But the minute someone yeah, says, you know, foul. this is the local speciality, you're wolfing those bad boys down like they're Big Macs. So there you you understand that, like, I'm making a list for if and when you ever come to Israel of such items okay, that I'll have yep. to tell you is a Israeli delicacy that you must try uh, uh, it, from the it, native land. It would be brilliant. I should look forward to it. <laughs> so going back now to the Middle East. We, Did anything we, happen uh, this week? Did I miss anything while I was away? So boring. Yeah. Just, ex- just, you know, I actually just read an article about 
why May should have been the month of all disaster in Armageddon. And it really just hasn't been, has it? <laughs> it's just kind of been one of those movies you go to and you're just like, really? Three hours and that was that? And I think that's kind of, you know, you had the U.S. Embassy opens on Nakba Day, which is catastrophe day for the Arabs who essentially started and lost the war to Israel's independence. So you had that thrown in their faces. You had the U.S. pulling out of the Iran deal, which could have caused all kinds of war. You have Syria, which is in a constant state of war with chemical warfare and whatnot. And yet, like like I told you before Alex I mean the day the embassy was opening and they had that big fancy you know ceremony and Jared was here and it was all beautiful I got off the bus a block away and I'm like I don't even hear anything yep I mean it's just so dull and I keep waiting it's Ramadan we're now in the thick of it you know we're smack in the middle of the month-long fast which to me is insane in general and Nothing really. No. You had Gaza. You had their marching. Even Hamas admitted that what was the 62 number really was 50 and it wasn't really kids or women. It really was more men, men slash probably if you want to call them freedom fighters or terrorists or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that the movie sucked in my opinion. Obviously, I don't want war. I don't know. Your thoughts? You're out there on the outside. Were you expecting, you know, better ratings? <laughs> like that to you. Sorry. Sorry. I lost it there for a moment. No. He's, no. A, he's a, a little giggly. I got a little giggly there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> See, that's what happens. Eat question. Christmas cake oh, in May. Yeah, no, all the Christmas cake is gone. Well, you clearly ate it this morning. <laughs> no, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with image. Yeah, You know, like I keep going back to this conspiracy theory. I even roll my eyes at myself of like, you know, wag the dog, wag the embassy. Did it really happen? Does it really exist? Mm -hmm. By the way, I did go to the embassy. This is another, I'm telling you, you're about to like think like this will be interesting. So it's not. I had to pick up my son's passport months. It sat there for months. You know, you rush to do it. Oh my God, he's not going to be a citizen. Oh my God, he won't be able to fly anywhere. What if they do attack and we need to get out? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh. That's not what happened. You can, nah, and then you got to pick it up only on Tuesdays and Fridays at some bizarre hour. You just can't get there. So you're like, keep saying next week. And you're like, ooh, it's been four months. So I took the whole fam. We all went together. We all went together. It's going to the new American embassy, like the new Disney World for you people. See, not at all. No. Well, it was an activity. I told them. I said, you know, they just had the U.S. Embassy. We see all the American flags are all over our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. There's a huge, unfortunately huge picture of Donald Trump on the old hotel building, which they will either take down or, you know, do some renovations in order to have that really be the embassy. Mm -hmm. You have to understand, when I say image, this is what I mean. Everything is still running in Tel Aviv. No one has really moved over here. Mm -hmm. I think the ambassador may move here. Not clear when. Then we get there. Now, image. You've got two U.S. soldiers. They are decked out in a uniform, ready to take down Iran. These two guys alone are going to do it. They've got the helmets. They've got camouflage. They have little video cameras on top of the helmets. They had so many bullets wrapped around them. They were like a Christmas tree on explosive crack. And they walk through the embassy and I'm like, 
take it down, guys. Relax. It's it's just an embassy. And they're laughing at me, but it's absurd. They literally look like they're ready for war. And there's nobody in the embassy. <laughs> On a Friday afternoon, there's the four people like me who forgot the receipts at home to prove that they bought the passport. And can you please just give it to me because my kid is screaming and won't leave me alone. And that was it. What you're telling me is it doesn't really live up to uh, expectations. Not at all. And also, it's the exact same building, the exact same protocol, the exact same people. And I'll tell you where people thought that they were going to get excited. On your birth certificate and on your passport, normally it had said Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And it would not identify Israel or Palestine or nothing. Mm -hmm. You were born in Jerusalem without a country. And this is the contentious point. And now, with all the change, surely it says Jerusalem, Israel. Doesn't, does it? Oh, it absolutely does not. It just says the same thing. And according to the woman behind the desk that lovingly gave me this passport, she said, you know, it's been sitting here a while. I'm like, thank you so much. Judgment. She said, no, there's been no change in that protocol. There's been no talk about that change. So this is what it is. So it is all image. Oh, there are loads of pictures of Jared and Devenka around (laughs) the place. No? It's like a Tinder profile when you walk in. No. No, nothing. I'm telling you, nothing changed. It's all a facade. I guarantee you the same thing happens with Gaza. I guarantee you it's like all on some small part of the border where they're like filming from their phones. They're like, hey, hey, do this one. Now like, you know, pretend that you're dying. Okay, roll in some dirt. Scream some like bad words at the Israelis. Let them like, you know, shoot something. I'm telling and I know that people are like, wow, how could she say that? She's belittling the situation. I'm, I don't see it. It's not happening. I have friends down south. I'm like, oh, it's got to be really crazy and scary down there. They're like, where? Down where? Did you see something? Is it on the news? What? And they're there. It's nuts. And same with Jerusalem, by the way. I mean, Jerusalem. I live in Jerusalem. It's got to be the craziest city in the world, right? Everyone fighting over the land. Okay, what happened on Friday? It was Ramadan with Iftar. It was like a big deal. They closed the streets for like five minutes. They kind of made it one lane instead of two lanes so they could check people out because there were a lot more people coming into Jerusalem Mm -hmm. to be able to go to the Dome of the Rock for Muslim prayers. Friday is a very big day. That was it. I went to the Gymboree. It was really empty. There was a lot of parking. I don't know what you want. Sorry, what's a Gymboree? Oh my gosh, come on. That's what I'm getting from this. What's a Gymboree? Well... A Gymboree, if you want to see people fighting, you go to a Gymboree because that's where you've got age like two to seven. You're going to have to help me all... say what is a Gymboree. Is it like junior fight this club? What, what? Yeah. It's a jungle gym of hell where parents have to sit barefoot waiting for their kid to get hit by another kid with balls. And P.S. Oh. I saw, I watched a girl pee in the ball pit. Oh, that's not good. Oh, yeah. She was like staring me down. She's like, I'm doing this. And then I tried to get the attention of someone working there who could not be 16-year-old. Like, I'm not dealing with this mess, literally. And then they came in about 15 minutes later after I saw plenty of people rolling in the exact same area. And then they took like a mop and sort of, you know, casually mopped down the balls (laughs) as though that was going (laughs) to fix anything. But again, image. Image is everything. <laughs> he just laughs. There's nothing to no, say. Well, I, no. Yeah. Yes, yes, Alex. No, 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 no. I just want to concentrate more on the Jimbury. It's uh, like an analogy for the region. It's all going so very well. And then someone pisses all over the balls. Absolutely. You piss people off. You got balls. 
it actually is the perfect place to and people like they're playing a friendly game of soccer upstairs I can't see anything all of a sudden my kid comes down screaming and he hit me and I'm like who's he what's going on that kid every kid what kid everyone looks the same to me I don't know I just want to get out of here it's so dirty and yucky what are we talking about again now (laughs) I know my life in general that could be me on a bus ride in uh, Israel really but I wanted to say going off this image thing for a few weeks now this has been really interesting there is a theater in Jerusalem it's called the Khan Theater it does very interesting plays it's one of those places where you can go and you know I want to see something weird Mm -hmm. or too liberal and you Mm -hmm. could go there and you'll find something very exotic different and they have a new campaign in order to try to get people to come to their plays to subscribe and what I thought was so fascinating is it's pictures of people who have their yearly subscription membership and they have a nice you know man woman couple they have a guy by himself and then they had two gay men in the picture Mm, okay orthodox wearing kippas wearing uh yarmulkes right right do you understand that is insane do you understand what a big deal that is you're talking about the capital of all religions and you just have a picture of two gay men like we love going to the plays well hang on you're making some pretty sweeping assumptions and it could just be very 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 close friends and no no the promotion is called two loves in one membership that's a whole campaign and it's all about couples hang on they could love working out together and they could love they do uh, work out together there you go you see they could be in love with the savings and in Mm. love with working out if that were the case i think you're making the big jumps there i think i mean the ultra orthodox are just you know head over strimal in this one they are really really going crazy and i think it's great i always love when that happens obviously it's being supported by the lgbtq community so even though you are now sounding like the conspiracy theory like well Do they have to be gay men just because one is clearly touching the other one in a sexual way? Yeah, I think they do. Uh, Okay, okay. okay. I love it. It's not even in a religious area, but it is in Jerusalem. Hang on, sorry. Are they touching him in a religious area? Is that what you call it nowadays? (laughs) Yeah, that's what it's always been called. God, you make everything about religion. You people make everything about religion. Everything is about religion. Across the street from it, by the way, is the first train station. And it's been turned into a very cool area. It used to be very run down, creepy, a lot of squatters, drug addicts. And the mayor of Jerusalem near Barkat, he renovated the whole area and Mm -hmm. made it a very pluralistic area. So it's open on Shabbat, which is normally for religious purposes and kosher purposes. All restaurants are closed. So this area is open and it really does feel like you could be in Tel Aviv. It has that atmosphere. All the secular people have come out of hiding and they go there. So, of course, every year they have a vote in the city council if those restaurants should remain not kosher by the rabbinical court standards and being open Mm -hmm. on Shabbat. And this year they got their way and they forced it. I mean, the law passed, not the law passed. It was passed in the city council that they would like to close those restaurants on Shabbat. So you can see, I mean, this is across the street from where two gays are saying how much they love each other and possibly (laughs) going to plays. And this is what you fight for here. Forget all the war and the drama and the nukes. This is what you fight for. This is what I care about. 
And this is what they care about. <laughs> so yeah. basically what you're saying is that any time that Jerusalem, the people who are kind of more Tel Aviv-ish, try to stick their heads over the parapet, everybody unites against them. In fact, this could be the way in which you could unite warring factions by just saying, if we don't get our shit together, this place is going to turn into Tel Aviv. And we all agree that Tel Aviv is, you know, oh, yeah. Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, absolutely. I mean... Many people have always said, you know, if we didn't have the conflict, the the Palestinian-Israeli situation, we would, as Jews, kill each other through all our different factions. That's 100% true. Now, we're having elections for the mayor of Jerusalem that will be in October. So mm-hmm. things are, or October, November, things are starting up here. Near Barkat, who has been the mayor, I think he's, this is his third term, I want to say, second or third, I can't remember anymore. But he's probably eye on the pie going for prime minister or at least going that direction. So he's mm-hmm. out, which means it's a whole new ball game. Now, what's fascinating is they've said that an Arab could run for mayor and mm-hmm. there are 40% Arabs here. I mean, they could potentially do it, but then that would make Arabs have to recognize Israel in some way. You know, the Jerusalem Arabs that live here, they can vote, but then if they vote, they're saying something, they're normalizing the situation, even though they would get an Arab mayor out of it. It's crazy. So you have that. Then you have the ultra-Orthodox who will want to have their guy come in and Mm -hmm. certainly shut down anything that's too cultural, anything that's too clean, give money back to, you know, the schools and the learning so they don't have to work and all that kind of stuff. I'm not bitter, you know, at all. And so that could happen. And then you've got this like really young guy who comes from a party that Itor Root, which means wake up. And it was all about students and, you know, reviving Jerusalem. And it's great. And it goes the complete opposite direction, like concerts every day, you know, and like gay pictures everywhere, you know, like all that kind of stuff. But he's kind of young and you kind of get nervous, like, eh, does this guy really know what he's doing? Like, is he still in diapers? <laughs> so it's going to be a very interesting race and it's already starting now. And you can see, you see the seeds, you see the fight, you see the battle. It's fascinating. That's the battle that I'm talking about, not the Iranian. Uh, yeah. You want to hear another? Well, this is totally... you got time for one more. Yeah, on. this one's really funny. And it also has to do with image. So Mac makeup. Do you know what right. Mac makeup is? Because you didn't know what a jimbery was, so yeah, okay. Well, it's makeup, so it's makeup. Yeah, it's like the makeup. Mac is like okay. everything. Okay. Okay. Right. So they decided let's do a cool video. Let's gear it towards Muslim women, and they did a tutorial right. of how to do your makeup. But they did a big mistake. They did the tutorial on how to do your makeup for the morning feast as opposed to the evening breakfast. So the morning feast is the suha. I think that means morning in Arabic, in my great Arabic. And basically the Arabs, I think this is great because most of the time I found that the Muslim Islam culture doesn't have a good sense of humor. Hence, people like mowing people down in uh, offices and making cartoons and all that stuff, right? You remember all that good times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We deal with, I'm sure, here at the Mideast Beast. Not fun times. Not fun times. So here they actually did have a little fun. They were like, what a bunch of idiots, you know? They really screwed that up because most people will go to eat their breakfast feast in like their pajamas. They literally roll out of bed, stuff their faces so that they could get that meal in to last them the day. And then, yes, maybe at the breakfast part of the day, they would dress up. And so, yes, show me how to do my eyeshadow just a little more fancy. So, yeah. So I think it's just a fun, nice, different way. They played around with it. There's a 
lot of memes out there. There's stuff on Twitter talking about it. Pictures that I just think are really funny. You should really look at it. The Suhar look. That's what you can look it up. Or uh, Mac Makeup Ramadan. And yeah, I think it's really... Listen, this is their first attempt at humor without murder. Oh, I, I like it. <laughs> unless, unless the head of Mac ends up dead for some reason. But other than that... We hope he doesn't. He or she. Why assume? Why assume a man? Oh, good point well made. Uh, I apologize. Yeah, especially of a makeup company. Oh, then I'm being the one that's wrong. Yeah, I was about to say, you got issues as well there. I think that I want to wrap it up on that. I think we talked a lot about images yes. and the importance of faking it. Yes. <laughs> no, it's very interesting how much image plays a role in all of this in the Middle East. And our image is always intact here on the Mideast Peace, thanks to our editor-producer, Scott Kahn. <laughs> Shout nicely out. Done. Nicely done. Nicely done. Yes. And you can, of course, listen and find our podcast where you find your podcast. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud, MideastBeast.com, on Twitter, at MideastBeasties, on Facebook, on Alex. Does it make your pardon? <laughs> Next, coming soon, Alex's new tattoo, <laughs> the Mideast Beast. You can imagine where that will be. And that is an image we don't want. And it's good night from her. <laughs> you have been listening to another episode of the Mideast Beast Podcast. <laughs>